Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall and this is an industry spotlight episode where we take a look at the work of CIS and how central this is to the construction industry in Ireland. Our guest is Scott Delaney, Research Manager at CIS. All going well from, from 23 on. You know, I'd like to think that the impact of materials won't be, I suppose, as hurtful as it's been over the last 12 months. But certainly the rise in materials ultimately will will result in the rise of, of a construction project. If you'd like to find out how you can be featured in an industry spotlight, contact us via the website constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. As always, joining me on Constructive Voices is Peter Finn. Pete the Builder, how are you, Pete? All good, Steve. All good. And yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. I mean, as we said last time, you know, time is just flying by and... There are so many different bits of the conversation that we have here on Constructive Voices. We talk about all kinds of things, and uh, I'm going to keep uh, teasing this. We have a big episode coming up very soon, which will just completely blow your mind. But today, we're talking about something which is obviously very close to your heart. We're going to focus a little bit on the construction industry in Ireland, but also with a global perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be talking to Scott from Construction Information Services, so the new currency in the world, Steve, is is information. Uh, you don't have to go for cryptocurrency or you don't have to be worrying about euros or sterling. It's, it's Information is the key, <laughs> so they say. Anyway, to be able to make any proper decision on any construction project, you need information to back that up. Nobody you know, will just jump straight in and, and start investing money or setting up their business um, in a certain way without having done their research on the market and on other companies. Um, and kind of knowing what, what, what they've got coming up in their pipeline. Basically, what, what Scott does and in, in construction information services is he creates that information. He collates that information. He gets it together and then he puts it into a very easy to read kind of a format, breaks it out into different sections so that big companies, small companies, um, any person basically in construction can get that information and can use that information to help guide their, their decisions whether it's planning, whether it's uh, what size of a development to be doing, costs, all, all of these aspects are, 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 are researched and the information is collated together. You know, I, I've always wondered how do these big uh, companies make their decisions and how do they get their crystal ball? And now I know they, they, they get that information from companies like, like Scott's. So he gives a great insight into, into what it's like to uh, be the person that collates and gives that information, but also the advantages uh, for having that information. Fantastic. Well, let's listen to you speaking to Scott Delaney. I'm the research manager here at CIS. Uh, I've been with the company now about 16 years. But this year actually represents a, a milestone for, for the company. Um, we're actually 50 years uh, going this, this particular year. Uh, 50 years ago, the first issue of the CIS report was produced. And I suppose since then, we've become the, the cornerstone of construction and related industries providing comprehensive, reliable, and and timely and verified business contract and supply opportunities and intelligence to the sector here in in Ireland. Um, Just to give you a bit of a a background of the the 50-year journey here at at CIS, uh, the first edition of of the report was published back in 1972, 
um, by the, our founder, Paddy Hayes. Uh, he saw a, a business opportunity in creating a, a report of pipelined um, construction projects by obtaining information from planning offices, believe it or not, uh, and creating a hard copy report then to, to sell to construction companies at the time for, for just a, a, a paltry figure of about £19 for a three-month subscription. I remember um, them good old days well. I remember them well. <laughs> uh, our first customer actually of, of the report was John Paul Construction, uh, who are, to this day are, are still one of our, our customers uh, and obviously are, are regarded as one of the top contractors in, in the country. Um, you know, I, I believe we've kind of, we've outperformed ourselves over the last 50 years for, for, a, for an SME in terms of our, our business life expectancy. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of change over those 50 years. There's been obviously two, two massive global recessions uh, and obviously more recently the COVID-19 pandemic. But we've we've managed to adapt and, and change and innovate over the time to sustain ourselves in, in a competitive, competitive sector. Back in 2007, then, uh, following a, a strategic review of the business and the needs of our customers, we invested in, in new technologies and, and data gathering processes to, to enable us to deliver an online uh, service rather than the hard copy report to, to meet those customer requirements for, for real-time data. Um, and this uh, investment decision kind of proved to be the catalyst which enabled us to, to trade through those, those stormy and rough waters that I mentioned. Um, and today, look, we, we've, uh, we've invested significantly in our online service. Uh, we've real-time advanced information on all that's happening within in construction on, on the island uh, of Ireland. Um, we're also developing new channels and links for distributing this factual and, and verified information. Um, in 2012, we acquired actually our main competitor in Northern Ireland, CIC. And in 2015, we opened a dedicated Northern Ireland office. And in late 2021, uh, we were actually acquired by a leading construction inf information provider, Glenigan. And Glenigan actually nearly 50 years old themselves. Uh, they're the UK's leading provider of business intelligence to the construction sector. So they supply comprehensive and, and reliable business intelligence, uh, similar to ourselves throughout the UK. Um, CIS joining the, the Glenigan Group kind of solidified our joint position as the most comprehensive provider of construction sales leads and industry insight in the UK and Ireland. And we actually join a, an international portfolio under the, the holding company of the Bigger Factor Group, who have service providers like ourselves in Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, and the United States. Today, our, our company is, is headquartered in, in Sandyford in Dublin. Uh, we have customers from, from over 100 business types, including professional, contractors, subcontractors, financial services, and suppliers of all types of goods and services. Yeah, excellent stuff. It's very, very interesting to hear the development of a company right back from its origins. Can you just delve into a little bit more detail about exactly what it is that you do and who it also relates to. We essentially track and monitor all major, minor and self-built projects in Ireland from early planning right up to completion. Our customers are able to search, track and win opportunities on these projects, all on a, a very recently upgraded CIS platform. So it's very much like a, a Daft or a Travago or even Amazon in terms of a, a business model, whereby you're searching very specific search filters to ensure pinpoint results are brought back to you. And that in turn then gives our customers the option to pursue these, these leads uh, or, or business opportunities within these construction projects. We'd cover a multitude of sectors, including the civil utilities and transport sectors, care residential, education, industrial, hospitality, medical, 
community and sport uh, and obviously the the hot topic that is residential we have essentially categorized and scale each of these projects before gathering all relevant information pertaining to them be it the design team members involved the materials that are specified and all the relevant metrics uh, uh, and attribute them to each project so again like like i spoke of there that real granular searching is something our customers are able to tap into to bring back those those relevant leads our project cycles are, are essentially we follow a project through the planning stages, the submitteds, the approval. Uh, we also cover refusals and withdrawals, which which might be of interest to some customer types, and then right into the construction cycle of tender, award, on-site, and completion. We value all of our, our projects based on a shell and core uh, costing model. Uh, we've construction types that customers can search by if you're in the new builds uh, market, if you're just interested in maybe internals and, and refurbs, obviously then regions. And also, we, we've, in recent years, started capturing relevant metrics. So it gives you the opportunity to search by the number of housing units, for example, or a floor area, uh, for example, if you're in maybe the floor, the flooring game as well. Um, so we can, as I said, we offer a real granular search function uh, to, the, to the customer. The system essentially works for, for our customers too. It, it alerts them to when projects of interest maybe move a stage it also alerts them as new projects come into the system that fall into that search criteria. So the system essentially does the, the work for, for our customers, saving a, a sales department, for example, time, money, energy, and identifying those business opportunities. And we also have a CRM function within our system where a sales manager can track and assign projects to their team and also monitor, obviously, the outcomes of those, of those leads. The customers that we have as well, they can also search and track the thousands of companies on the platform that we have attributed to projects over the, the last number of years and, and obviously look to enhance and maybe harness existing business relationships and obviously create new ones. Our users have the ability to see which companies work together on a regular basis as well via our company connections feature. We also monitor all construction-related public sector tenders each day and ensure these are available on our platform as well. Uh, so really assuring that we are that one-stop shop for construction activity and opportunity. Uh, and believe it or not, in, in, in an Irish context, if you will, 80% of, of tender advertisements actually relate to, to non-planning projects. So this is the refurbishment of existing stock uh, and or consultancy services. Uh, we've recently introduced a very interactive map whereby companies can actually radial search. So they can identify projects maybe close to their business or obviously then in, in regions of interest. Um, and other aspects of, of our service is that customers have the, the ability to contact our highly experienced research team here um, to maybe ask for, for guidance in terms of approach or if they're looking for a status update on a, on a project there. So, um, again, that, that's a, a brief overview, I suppose, of what we do. We, we track and monitor construction activity and then share that with, with our customer um, in terms of them being able to op- identify opportunity. Yeah, it's extremely interesting, and and obviously it covers a a huge amount of of information on on so many different facets of construction. Um, I suppose the big question is how do you actually do that? How do you gather that information? How do you get it together? Our raw data is is obviously planning permissions. We're bringing in all these permissions uh, that are lodged each week, and obviously monitoring decisions on those as well. So we have two teams within our research department here at CIS. We have a a primary team that look after all the collating of those those planning applications. 
They're looking at bringing them into our system. They're scaling them, categorizing them, adding those design teams, those architects, engineers, adding those metrics, be it the number of housing units, the number of classrooms, hotel beds. Um, They're adding those materials that are specified. And then we're also adding a link to the schematics then. So if you are maybe a lighting supplier, you know, you can really look at those mechanical electrical engineering drawings that pertain to you and resonate with you and then you can get a much better idea of of what's going to be specified in in the build um, and then once the, that project is is through planning um, and through the appeals process i might add it's then passed on to our secondary team and, and each one of our secondary team uh, have their own sectors which they're responsible for and on a daily basis they're speaking and engaging with those project stakeholders be it the developer be it the design teams, the local authorities, to obtain those construction and those tender schedules. And they're also looking to, to verify project information, look to obtain further companies that are involved in, in the delivery of these projects as they sort of move through that construction cycle. And again, o- over the last, I would say, 20 years doing kind of phone research, uh, CIS have built, I mean, a fantastic relationship with all our information sources. And, um, you know, I think they see the value in what we do in terms of trying to bring the right companies together um, to, to get those much-needed uh, construction projects delivered. And in terms of, you know, we are firm advocates of quality over quantity when it comes to information provision and, you know, the reliance uh, our customers have on that information for making those informed business decisions. So we don't look to cut corners or, or compromise and and rely on automation. So we, we'd be the only service provider with a dedicated research team to, to make sure that that information is as veracity as it can be. I, I can really kind of hear from what you're saying, the benefits that could, that can be obtained from that from for so many different people within the industry. They can then obviously use that information and extract the relevant information for themselves, put it to use in, in, in the sector that they're involved in. So it's, it's, it's really interesting stuff. Just go into the, into that a little bit more there, maybe the benefits of, of, um, how, how your customers use the information you give and, and what's the benefits that that brings to the industry? Sure, yeah. And look, there, there's many benefits of, of a system like ours. Um, I suppose from, from the from the outset, it's it's identifying those worthwhile project opportunities. And, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, within about three clicks, you, you can get that list of, of maybe, you know, opportunities that you want to pursue. And that's in turn, that's saving you time. That's saving you, you money in terms of, you know, uh, the requirement for for you know bodies on the ground, if you will, in terms of, of a sales team, uh, you know we we look at it that for the price of a, a coffee a day, uh, you, you get access to tens of thousands of project leads. But more importantly, it is about building those business relationships so that you know moving forward, your product and service can be you know always look to be specified on a project or a company is is going to work with you based on your 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 past experience with them in delivering construction projects and we we have a, a, a an insights tool we, we we we're starting to launch here now at the moment which gives you really i suppose a high level analytics in terms of where that the, the construction market is at at any one time it's it's pretty much up to the the hour in terms of its analysis and um, so again for those decision makers within a company, you know, they can plan for the future uh, and they can see potentially a, a trend in, in maybe a sector or a region when it comes to construction activities. So, yeah, the, and as I said, the, the system works for you as well. It alerts you to projects of interest or a project that you are interested in moving a stage. So, yeah, it's all about saving saving our customers time and, and money and getting them 
um, you know, in front of a door they can knock on and, and ultimately win business. That's what business is all about. It's 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 about delivering a good service. But you know, as a businessman myself, I know as one job is finishing, I, I have to have another job ready to start. And you know, that process is not a quick one. You know, by the time you've reviewed a project, tendered for it, it's gone through the different phases of the tender process, and then planning and, and getting it to site, it takes quite a long time. So to, to have all of that done and and to have your pipeline organised, this type of information is is absolutely crucial. Like you've mentioned a couple of your of your customers there earlier, give us an idea of of who has been using construction information services there over the the, the period of time that you've been in in, in business. The the customer base has, has really diversified. You know, I suppose in in the first two to three decades of of our existence, it, it would have been you know the the man in the van, the 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 person wearing the hard hat hard hat down on site. It was very much this is just for for contractors, and they would have made up our our main client base. But I suppose over the last 20 or so years, we've seen more suppliers, more design professionals. We've seen, you know, financial institutions, government bodies, um, both local and at national level, and even retailers, hoteliers, uh, telecommunication companies uh, subscribing to the system because of, I suppose, construction being such a a linchpin or or the backbone of any country's economy. Um, And they all want to see, well, look, if, if there's a building being built is there, a, is there a requirement for my goods, my product, my services? And our self-build product that we have, you know, that's one-off housing and, and residential extensions. That'd be more applicable then to maybe smaller local-based businesses. Um, but essentially, uh, Peter, it's, it's anyone who provides a product or service which can be, which can be found or, or utilized within a building. Um, you know, I'm looking at my office here and, and I'm looking at an AV system. I'm looking at office furniture. I'm obviously looking at the lighting systems, heating systems. It's really anybody and that has a product or service that can go into to a structure essentially and you know if you supply doors lighting systems commercial kitchens landscaping services you know if you supply kettles for for hotel bedrooms that are in the pipeline or whiteboards for for classrooms that are in the pipeline and you know that the services is really for you and then as i said you know to, to mention john paul again you know companies of, of their size you know that might be looking to tender for a, a 200 million euro hospital so it's it's really from uh, a one man operation, if you will, right up to some of the biggest uh, companies in the country, and also massive global brands as well. And I think, as I alluded to as well, some customers just want to see maybe what the other crowd are up to um, in terms of what they're planning and, and working on. So it's yeah, it's 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 really any company. You know, it could be a sandwich a sandwich company that wants to, to maybe get down on site and, and feed a, a few construction workers. So. It's really anybody, and it really has diversified over those those last five decades. Like over over that period of time, you must have gone through some amount of information, and you must have collated some amount of information together. Like, have you counted what you have done over those years? Yeah, I mean, to to give you an idea of maybe just this year as as an example, and obviously through through maybe the course of the last couple of years with with COVID, things have differed. The impact of of COVID on maybe getting planning submissions and planning approvals. Uh, realized t- took a bit of a hit in terms of obviously the lockdown of, of quarter one last year and, and Ireland believe it or not I, I'm pretty sure we're you know the only country on the planet to, to enforce a, a, a lockdown of, of construction for those four months but um, we've, we've definitely seen a, a bit of a pickup and in terms of I suppose year to day to give you an idea of, of the volumes that we're processing so our team our, our primary and secondary teams have, have processed just over 8,000 new major and minor planning applications 
there's been just under six and a half thousand planning decisions. Uh, we've added 4,000 public sector tenders to our, our system. We've updated 2,000 projects to, to contract award. Just under 3,000 projects have, have commenced on site. And we've seen the realization and delivery of, of 300 projects as well. These would be asides from obviously the, the self-build market, but you can see we're, we're processing somewhere in the region on an annual basis of about thirty to 35,000 projects, major and minor projects, self-build. You, you'd probably be talking maybe three times that uh, in terms of those new applications being added and, and work starting or decisions being made. So yeah, look, we, we have a, a live database there of about 200,000 projects. So plenty of opportunities um, for, for our customers. I've been lucky enough to do a bit of traveling this year. I, I always have my construction hat on me when I'm traveling and I'm always looking at the different techniques, simple things like the different types of scaffold that are used in different countries. But the one thing that has stuck out to me is that I know, same as yourself, you know, I have a good idea of my own uh, industry here in Ireland and, and the demand here that we have. But it, it's been very interesting for me to see that demand is is global. Like there's a huge demand globally for construction. There always is. I always say that to people that being involved in construction means that you're always going to be able to travel because there's always a need for man always needs shelter and people always need yeah. home. So you know that's going to be out there. Um, what what's your thoughts on on the last twelve months in terms of pipeline in in Ireland to start off with? And I know that you do have a bit of knowledge of of other countries as well. The whole COVID period has changed the the landscape of of construction. You know, maybe people are um looking to to maybe change careers and and like you say, maybe seek the, seek maybe warmer climates and bring their knowledge with them. In, in terms of what we've seen here, I suppose it's it's mainly it's it's remained quite consistent in terms of the volume of of new plans being lodged, um, which I suppose shows that there is that continued sentiment there for investment and, and development. I suppose with the global recession, that was a real case of money uh, impacting our sector. Whereas I think COVID, for, for the most part, it, it was more restrictive in terms of obviously the, the lockdown we experienced here. Uh, and you'd know this better than anyone in terms of you know how we'd have to work then in, in enclosed spaces and all the new um, standard operating procedures that came in, um, which I think at this stage we, you know, maybe we've 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 got used to now. But I think in terms of the, you know, the, I think I do believe there is there is sentiment there. There is funds in place. That volume of of pipeline activity has has remained consistent. The volume of of obviously then your your planning approvals has has remained consistent in 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 Ireland as well. But we've we've also seen some some backlogs when it comes to the likes of um, appeals, which which look I, I suppose would would be the same in any country if, if someone's not kind of happy with a, a planning decision close near them or 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 it'll impact their life they they can appeal. But we've obviously seen a, a backlog in terms of some of these decisions getting getting made. So planning has impacted um, maybe progression and uh, and activity in terms of of the sector here. But look, ho- hopefully in in the coming twelve months. You know, planning will will get back on track. Decisions will be made in a timely manner, so that you know projects can be can be pushed on and uh, and moved on site. Um, you know, the activity on the ground has remained steady enough as well. As I spoke of, you know, the lockdown we experienced last year in that first quarter obviously saw this explosion. Then in in the second quarter of all these shovel ready sites finally being able to get going, and and, and I think as well, you know the. The impact of material costs, which you know is is probably seen across the globe, 
Um, you know, that really has impacted from hearing on the ground, the likes of tender prices, you know, what was agreed at one stage uh, is now maybe potentially doubled. And then obviously those durations have been pushed out. So we're seeing a lot of projects, maybe more so public, go back to the drawing board um, in terms of, you know, maybe the initial cost actually being far, far, far greater than initially envisaged. So that's having, a, a, I suppose, an impact on some of the public sector projects more so. But yeah, the, the materials, I, I believe, really, really impacted uh, and, and slowed down activity here. But I'm hopeful that, you know, by, by early next year, that will have, have plateaued. Order books will be full. Deliveries of, of materials to site will be on time. And they'll obviously be of, of you know, a, a, a decent price for, for the contractor and, and obviously the developer so that sites can push on um, because, you know, with, with one sector in particular, which is probably, again, a, a, not a global issue, but certainly it, it's, the, it's the priority sector when it comes to construction is, is, is the residential sector and, and getting some of those much needed houses built and, uh, and ready for, for occupation. In terms of the con- construction material costs, how long realistically do you think is it going to be before we see some settlement in that? Because I absolutely know that that is fundamental to where the industry goes. But also on, on Constructive Voices here, we, we talk about the subject of uh, sustainability and the, the climate change battle that we're, we, we are going through. Have you seen that causing an increase in costs? What other effects has that had on the construction industry in terms of delivery times and sometimes even the, the changes that, that are, are uh, now being introduced when it comes to specification and and how we deliver our homes and the energy that we use and that type of stuff? Sure. I, I mean, I suppose myself and my team have been hearing the material issue for, for probably going on now 12 months. Um I sort of heard whispers of of an issue, and I don't know if there's any truth in this or if it's just some urban legend that you know there was a, a massive consignment of timber um, on its way to Ireland. I, I can't recall the month, but it was obviously in 2021. And I think our naivety was: look, we're we're locked down here; we, we won't need it for four months. And sure, I think that ship was then sent out to the Americas and uh, it was coming from the Nordics and down to Americas. So obviously then we came out of lockdown and, you know, thinking that sure we'll, we'll click our fingers and, and this, this timber will, will magically appear. You know, it was very much, sorry, lads, you're at the back of the queue there. So, you know, that, I think that's where the naivety in our, our part in, in terms of planning um, really kind of hit us badly. I, having said that though, I, I think we're about a year or so down the tracks in terms of the likes of timber prices, steel prices, concrete. Um, and I'd like to think that, you know, it, it, at this stage, it will have plateaued all going well from, from 23 on. You know, I'd like to think that the impact of materials won't be, I suppose, as hurtful as it's been over the last 12 months. But certainly, as I mentioned, you know, that the rise in materials ultimately will, will result in the rise of, of a construction project. And uh, and our experience is more so with with public sector contracts, whereby, to, to give you an example, maybe a school has agreed, um, you know, a, a construction value of about two million, and the the, the builder's finally uh, been appointed. He, he's ready to go, but you know, then he he's getting those materials on on board, and and all of a sudden the price is fifteen twenty percent above what what he'd anticipated. So then he's obviously gone back to the school, outlining the issues. There, there's redesign maybe um, on the on the table in terms of right. Let's go back to the drawing board, so to speak. 
and or it's a case of the school going almost cap in hand to the department saying look we need more money there's no money there and then the the, the tender process begins begins and the impact there is obviously schools are, are going you know decades and this isn't just a covid issue really or or a materials issue but schools are going decades without that redevelopment but as i said hopefully now in terms of the material issue that will be something to be to be cleared up and, and plateauing by by early next year in, in terms of the other uh, effects on on delivery times and like I, I alluded to there that you know maybe what was once specified isn't going to be as robust or it's not going to be as economically viable for for the build so you know maybe a new heating system uh, that's come on on onto the market is, is now maybe proposed for 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 the school and I'm using that example in in this case and um, so there's there's going to be redesign there um obviously with the the, the energy crisis now you know I, I was chatting to a colleague of mine yesterday and i hate to think of you know the the bills that the likes of schools and hospitals are are, are going to be kind of hit with and it's a it's a double edged sword because you've got spiraling bills but then obviously you need to make sure people who are who are who are uh, maybe ill are are obviously in in a very comfortable environment and obviously our 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 children are, are being taught in you know well lit and uh, well ventilated and warm warm classrooms so that's been some some impact of of materials as well you know maybe redesign you've got labor shortages as well like you spoke of maybe people are are looking at, at Ireland in particular and maybe thinking you know maybe I can I can move further afield and, and enjoy warmer climates uh, at a cheaper price and and like you say you, you can bring that skill and, and trade that you have with you and apply it you know anywhere across the globe um, but that that's also been one area in terms of you know getting bodies on site that over maybe COVID, I've just said, you know, look, I, I'm going to have a change of scenery here. Just on on the more greener build and, and the more environmental way of thinking and the upgrade of existing buildings, has, has that had an effect and has that started to change the way some people do business? Yeah, and actually, it's funny you should mention that. I, I was only looking at the plans of, and I can't recall the exact building, um, but I've, I've actually noticed on a, on a number of occasions now that, um, that the whole area of green roofs, you know, I've seen more and more of them being kind of specified uh, within office blocks, within maybe apartment developments as well. Um, I suppose off topic, actually, I, I was looking at a building. I used to live in Sydney and, and I remember looking at a building there in, in the area of Broadway. And, you know, it's it's just engrossed in, in green. It's almost like it's been it, it's in the middle of a rainforest and it, it looks brilliant. But But I know in terms of, you know, going back to your question, in terms of the office environment, and that's completely changed over the last kind of year or two with a lot of people remote working. But we had seen the the pickup in, I suppose, those offices that are, are almost living and breathing. So, you know, throughout the course of the day, you, you've lighting systems that change, you know, which ultimately, I suppose, help people's productivity. You've got really well-ventilated workspaces. You've got, you know, serious green aspects throughout uh, office buildings as well. Uh, which, which again will, will you know improve the, the working environment so unfortunately with remote working maybe that's kind of hit a, a pause if you will but but certainly over the last number of months I have seen more and more of, of green roofs I, I, I'd like to think that you know 100% of all new build housing uh, is going to be a rated you know you can get green mortgages now which, which people can avail of if if they have a, I think it's an a3 and above obviously longer term for for the 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 house owner there you you've got you know a house that sustains itself essentially you've got potentially lower bills 
Um, so certainly within the housing sector, you're, you're seeing energy efficient builds there, obviously more attractive for homeowners in the long run. So yeah, it's definitely a, a, a form of design and construction that maybe during the COVID has, has sort of had a bit of a timeout. But I, I would expect to see more and more of that now, and especially with look the the energy crisis that that we're facing, the the whole area of climate change now, um, and look, construction is as I said the backbone of any economy, and you know the more cranes uh, in, in a skyscape, the, the the better the country is doing. But it's 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 vital that you know the buildings that are being constructed, and even the, you know the construction management plans all point to you know a greener way of building and a greener way of designing. But certainly, yeah, and, and solar energy as well. You know, seen a, a raft of of solar farms proposed for the country. Um, solar panels now are again, as I go back to A-rated housing. You know, it's they're part and parcel. A lot of new supermarkets in, in in the country as well. You know, all energy efficient. Obviously, got electric charging stations as a prerequisite. I think for most supermarkets that there has to be a number of those charging points. So they'd be, I suppose, to to answer your question. What I've seen is, yeah. As the months and uh, go by, the certainly you're you're seeing an element of green building in in almost every single construction project um, that that we're coming across. Good stuff. Well, that's it's it's great to hear. Um, um, and and who wouldn't want to be living in a in a highly efficient home in these days with a you know basically farming your own energy and and having very low uh, energy bills will be the way forward. It, it certainly seems that those bills are never going to come down, and it just makes total sense that. We, we now construct our all buildings, whether it's residential or commercial buildings, in a way that they, they are efficient to run and also that they, they are not producing emissions that are going to be harmful to the, to, the, to the world. So it's great to hear that there is some positivity uh, in that direction for, for the future of, of, of the construction industry. But let's talk about the, your future and enhancements and, and um, what's coming down the, down the track for, for, for your business. Uh, yeah, and look, as I alluded to there, you know, we're always looking to to listen to our customers and, and innovate. I, I suppose in the coming years, you know, a lot of a lot of industry commentators have said that in terms of 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 commodities, you know, information will be surpassing the the likes of gold, gold and oil in terms of its value. And in the coming year, what we're looking to introduce in in, in CIS for for our customers and clients is a new a new forecasting model that that's going to be. We believe to be to be very advantageous for, for our customers who so are we're we're going to be essentially crystal ball gazing uh, and being able to to predict kind of one two three year uh, periods into the future to 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 allow our customers forecast more precisely. Uh, we're looking to gather more metrics. Um, we're looking at the whole area of of megawatts and uh, and the output when it comes to to our renewable energy schemes that we have on our system and, and capturing that data. And then also um, data centers as well, and, and obviously they're they're quite, I suppose, a bit of a hot topic at the moment in terms of the energy that they use. Uh, but it's also looking at, at the output as well that they will give off uh, once constructed. Looking at in terms of hospitality, looking at restaurant covers, and again, it's just collecting as much data as we can because we know that look, there is someone out there that that will be interested in in being able to you know see what a region looks like from you know that particular metric uh, we're looking to to i suppose introduce a more intuitive map that we, that we already have by being able to harmonize uh, open data sets to to better contextualize the the project information we currently have to hand um we've also 
started only in in the, in the last month or so to be able to to offer our our customers direct contact emails of of those stakeholders um obviously uh, adhering to the proper gdpr opt-in protocols there so we we have a, a number of of things that that we're looking to 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 introduce in, in the next 12 months that we believe will will be very good for for all our customer types um, and obviously being able to just gather as as much information as we can because one piece of data we have married with a maybe a really obscure piece of data we have really does tell uh, tell a wonderful story uh, at the best of times. Um, and, and just lastly, Peter, in terms of one area that, that we are really pushing in, in the next uh, 12 months and hopefully actually in, in the coming months is our, our CIS insights. So it's essentially a, a high level tool. It's a version of our system Whereas rather than looking for project leads there and then, this is that high level interrogation of, of what's going on in each sector, what those activity levels are like. So being able to analyze each sector by the project volume, project value at each stage of the, the construction and planning cycles. Uh, we've relevant metrics, as I said, the, the likes of classrooms, the housing units. We actually have the breakdown of those housing units. So is it one bed, two bed, three bed, four bed? nursing home beds hotel beds hospital beds just just to name a few of the metrics that that we currently collect um so again this will allow decision makers within you know both private and, uh, and public bodies to make those informed decisions when it comes to to company or, or departmental um, planning and direction sounds like you're going to be a very very busy man which is which is good to hear and um just yeah. one, one final thing it's been great chatting to you and, and and thanks very much for your time really appreciate it um, would no, you like to just um, let people know where they could uh, see a little bit more about your your business and and just your contact details there? Yeah, so look, if if people are interested in what we do here, we we have a website as I mentioned. It's it's cisireland.com. Uh, you can follow us on on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, where we provide project updates and industry news. Uh, we also have a, a column in the in the Sunday Business Post here in Ireland uh, on a fortnightly basis, and we also contribute regularly to to several industry publications. So happy to happy to field any questions, or if people have uh, if if they want to visit the website, by all means, drop us a line. So there you go, Pete. You talking to Scott Delaney? Obviously, you, you've heard the interview before because you did it. But um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Information is is key. You know, it's it's power. And it saves time, it saves money. So why would you not want as much information as you can possibly get? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. Um, no doubt about it. it. It was great to to kind of get the back end of how people make decisions and, and how people can, you know, use the information given to them and, and what the advantages are, how, how it influences the decisions that are made. And let's be honest, like there's obviously big companies um, looking at this information and they're, they're strategizing their next move and they're obviously looking at the, the costs involved and maybe how they can increase or, or maybe the need for them to decrease their costs. And let's be honest, that's a, a big part of, of, you know, what we talk about in, in the current times is the cost of construction. And um, if you if you can have a little bit of foresight into where you where you feel that the the costs may go. It can certainly help a lot of decisions, but also lots of other stuff there that we we discussed there with Scott, like the ability to to be able to know what's in the pipeline and the ability to be able to know what's happening in certain sectors of construction and what, what's happening in certain fields and, and you know what what basically where where the industry is going and and what the trends are. You know that like that's literally pure gold for 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 anybody when they're when they're trying to make big decisions. 
Yeah, and we've talked a lot about talent and getting people excited about being in the construction industry. And I think what's been highlighted in this this episode, talking about information and the importance of data, is that, as we've said before, there are other roles in construction other than being on site and actually building. You know, there are all the people who are analyzing data, who are looking at the, the different bits of information and being able to draw out really important bits that the you know, the people then who are doing the building can use and, and save themselves time, energy, effort, money, all the rest of it. So it really ties in with that as well, that whole thing of there are a lot of opportunities in the construction industry for people of all different talents. Yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. When we watch the big blockbuster movies, you know, it's the, the guys who have the starring roles or the ladies that have the leading roles that, that everyone talks about. But in reality, to make that movie, there's so many people in the background and there's so yeah. many different um, people of areas of, of different expertise. It's the combination of all of those people coming together that delivers the blockbuster movie at the end. And look, construction is the exact same. It's it's not just about, you know, the people on site, especially when it comes to the large scale uh, construction work. There's so much admin, there's so much um, research, there's so many decisions that have got to be made off site. And again, you know, we're speaking about this a lot lately as well. We are doing so many, so much work now where we're driving towards doing a lot of offsite work. So to keep the, to reduce the amount of, of energy work and, and labor that's used on site. So really, really good stuff. I certainly, certainly learned a lot from it myself and uh, I kind of maybe may take one or two of those uh, nuggets of information that I got today. And I'm probably going to maybe use somebody like, like uh, construction industry services going forward, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And just um, a little thing here about if you are trying to get somebody to be your your data person, your number cruncher, your information specialist. And I picked this up from a, a company that I do some work for that are in the media area. And what they would normally or in the old days would have called kind of the, the, the number crunchers, they're now calling them the intelligence unit. Who wouldn't want to be part of that? <laughs> Sounds very uh, special agent James Bond stuff. That exactly was, that. Yeah. Exactly. I want to be part of the intelligence unit. <laughs> Good to speak to you as always. Talk next time. Cheers, my man. Thank you very much. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm-hmm.